So if you're like me, and you decided to become a minimalist, your next question would then be, what's next? So in this episode, we'll be discussing the things that you can do, the first few things you can do once you decide to become a minimalist. At least these were the ones that I did and it doesn't necessarily mean that these are the only ones that you should, I mean these are the first ones you should really do when you become, when you decide to become a minimalist. But these are the ones I did anyway and also I'll be including what are the things that I did wrong that I think I might be, I might do differently if I've been given a chance to redo them and maybe I would have to redo them because I didn't do it properly the first time so yes stick around and listen to the the things I'll be discussing (laughs) the ones the first few things that I did when I made that decision The first one is definitely to immerse myself in lots of videos, articles, write-ups from different authors, videos from different creators, from different perspectives to form. I mean, uh, uh, I would like to have a knowledge, a deep knowledge of minimalism from different people because I know that different people have different definitions and perspective of minimalism or about minimalism and living intentionally. So I watch videos that there's a very good Netflix uh, video or documentary series about minimalism. There's also a or film and there are lots of content online on YouTube and lots of bloggers writing about minimalism and the different forms or different types of minimalism and def- different, definitely different de- definitions. There are as many definitions of minimalism as there are probably minimalist people who practice minimalism all over the world. Because it's very personal and there's no association that really governs or regulates or defines minimalism technically down to the last detail. And that also proves to show that this is a fairly new movement although it's been practiced by as a country for example in japan uh, a whole lot of uh, the zen living or lifestyle where everything is peaceful to the eye when you look at it everything i mean you can relax in in a space and not see clutter and things like that so i think they were practicing some form of or definition of minimalism even long before the term minimalism got into mainstream and yes so i want to make sure that I have all the information I need before I can make my own definition of minimalism and also to flush out all the urban myths which I already uh, mentioned in the previous episode that I might be making a different episode or a dedicated episode for that because there are a lot of misconceptions about minimalists the people are practicing minimalism and the actual movement so there yes immerse yourself i suggest 
that you can do this too read books articles videos watch videos and listen to podcasts about minimalism and it's also different minimalism is also different for every country because you are facing different types of consumerism different culture different uh, way of thinking about things and um, the uh, amassing of wealth and stuff so it's different for everybody and i think it's also very different for every culture and different every country and different for uh, even in within a country it's different for every place so just feed yourself with lots of information all and that way when people ask you what about what you're doing what you're about what minimalism is you have a wealth of information you can you can get or your answers from and you can definitely uh, inform or yeah spread correct information about minimalism through to your friends family and whoever is asking whoever is interested and whoever uh wants or just interested in in what you're doing so yes arm yourself with information with knowledge the next thing which was very easy for me is um just just do it whatever it is you're thinking about minimalism most of the time it means decluttering and just do it and where do you start i started with my wardrobe it was very easy to start with wardrobe it i think for most people it's very easy to start then or with with the wardrobe and the Marie Kondo way of organizing things you really can take bits and pieces of what she recommends and if you can practice the whole thing it's well and good but get everything out of your closet and into an open space and make sure that you see everything so you can account for how many shirts how many underpants or or i don't know underwear even um clothes just how many clothes you have because you might think that you need to save some because you don't have enough to wear then you still have a box of clothes that you're keeping somewhere and then you realize that you have more than enough clothes and why are you still hanging on to things that you don't like wearing anyway so everything out in the open and there are things and and just to make it easy for you as you go through your clothes one by one literally one by one first thing you do is think about the things you cannot wear so that's what i did think about the things i cannot wear i cannot sh- i cannot wear because it's just that i don't fit in them anymore and there are uh, there may be shirts that have logos of companies or statements of with company logos that you you don't necessarily want to wear when you're out mauling and you're representing other people's company uh, that you might probably you have used that shirt when you went on a run for the company for a particular charity and things like that so there are things that are just too tight or too loose 
or you have lots of formal wear and you're not going to anything formal anytime soon or most of the time you just bought them once because you needed a formal wear and you didn't want to ask for any uh, any or you didn't want to borrow from anyone so you bought one and then you only used it once that's those are things you cannot wear anymore and they don't fit you anymore or you just don't have you can't find any reason to wear a formal gown to malls maybe you can but I mean if you really don't think that you would be wearing that anytime soon and by soon I mean within the year then you can let those go maybe they're flashy colors of one-time shirts they are already out of date I mean the design they're not coming back or maybe if they are coming back you can just buy one trendy cloth item next time if you really want to but as of now don't wait for it to come back you don't know if it, that trend will come back so don't don't wait for it to come back and don't wait don't keep that in your closet and just because you're thinking it might come back in style and maybe also you cannot wear certain things because of lifestyle changes if you were working out before so you had a lot of workout uh, clothes if you for example, I was uh, rehearsing for a lot of things before rehearsal, rehearsals for a musical play that, where I needed to have workout uh, pants or workouts, uh, just tight tights and uh, shorts or shirts, lots of shirts that I can use for those rehearsals. But uh, lifestyle change, I don't need them anymore. And so I just kept... W- one pair no two pairs so if in case i would want to go out for a jog any one time or maybe i i go on a trip and it's in the mountains or hiking or things and then i need extra comfortable clothes to wear so i still have a couple of pair of pair a couple pair of workout clothes and also so we talk about things you cannot wear and there are also things that you shouldn't wear you shouldn't wear because they're inappropriate talk about super low cut super super colorful i had an orange trench coat believe it or not i wore it just once for an event so that i could have something orange and i don't know what made me buy that i'm really a sucker for costume like clothes before so yeah that that's the attraction so i had cheap cowboy hats uh, with fancy sequins and glitters or whatever and I don't wear them anymore so yes and shouldn't wear I shouldn't wear them anymore I don't have any need for them so shouldn't wear because they're low-cut v-neck uh, maybe super 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 short short skirts and super super short short shorts that I'm not comfortable wearing anymore, especially my age. So people grow up and dogs bark. And I don't know if that's picked up in the recording. So things we cannot wear or things you cannot wear and things you can you shouldn't wear and things that I have multiples of. So multiple jogging pants, I have multiple workout clothes, multiple shirts of the same color and same cut. Well, that's okay if I like the cut design color, but if I don't, then I have multiple multiple items of things that I don't like. So, yes. So trim down whatever 
if you have multiples of something trim them down to the number of items that you are comfortable having and then also evaluate your undergarments and um, a technique here is try to organize and days or the, the how often you do laundry if you think you can do laundry every other week so you would have to have undergarments good for two weeks at least two weeks and one day for example just to make sure that you have enough undergarments until the rest dry up and yes so evaluate and, and plan for that so if you think you need more, then that's a time that's a time that you can buy, and make sure that it's in the design or style that you can that you're comfortable wearing, okay wearing the type I have same same style underwear, same color underwear except for three that are differently colored. For I have ten pieces of them. Of same color, same type, same design, same everything because that's what's comfortable. So I like wearing them. So that's okay. That's for wardrobe. Let's talk about things. So we need to declutter things, we need to throw things out, we need to organize things. And uh, this is the next thing that I did after wardrobe. So let's start with stationery or paper, um, paper items, paper things, paper stuff. What I did, and this is also according to Marie Kondo's, although Marie Kondo's uh, style, although I didn't do it to the letter, I just did what I did was yeah, everything that. I am responsible for all the papers that I'm responsible for all my my papers because I live with other people in the the house so just all my papers I gathered them and it turns out that I almost had a whole ream I was able to gather a whole stack of clean white paper bond paper short bond paper or letter size bond papers or papers that I can still print on very clean no writing no print or whatsoever so I still have that so when I learned that I had that I didn't when my paper ran out for my printer I didn't need to buy any any more paper because I need to finish that until now I still have those white papers with me and um, not yet they're not yet used up so they're still here and I discovered that only, I only discovered about them when I started gathering all my paper items next would be office and school supplies I didn't know that I had too many tapes different types of tapes or some different and multiples of tapes so different types I have scotch tape or the cellophane tape and the clear tape and I had a paper tape and I have two of those two of each and in different sizes wow so yeah I didn't need to buy tapes anymore as it turns out I have a whole bookstore office supply store of items inside house and also because of the previous um, business 
that I had to close down. I had a lot of business materials that I needed to consolidate and then figure out what I would do with them. I still have most of them. And those are paper cups, plastic cups, because it was a beverage kind of business. I still have packaging and logos and uh, sticker papers with the previous logo. I may need to, I may just have to throw them away because they're no of no use to anyone, even if I try to donate it. I don't know if any uh, recycling or junk shop or recycling company would accept them because they're not white paper. And yeah, there's a difference and they're glossy type, so they're very different. So I have those business materials. At least now I have them consolidated to a certain spot in the house. And so if I need to take them all out, I know where they all are. And if I need to sell them, I know where I can find them because sometimes I also post them on Facebook Market so I can get rid of them and earn a bit of money out of the process. Next thing that you need to organize I did is DVDs, VHS, Vetamax, games, and toys. So we have a lot of, and we're still left with PS3 games. Those can, you can sell those on the internet and have a bit of cash back, uh, get a bit of cash back and be happy for it. VHS, Vetamax, make sure that there are no if you really want there are no private stuff it's just what i wanted to say but if you really want to keep what is on the videotapes you can have them converted to a digital version so you can just have a company uh, there are companies who take those tapes and make them digital and you can keep the digital file or the, the file or upload them to cloud and delete the local version so that you can just have it forever on the internet. So there, toys, Betamax. So you can figure out what you need to do with those. You can throw them out. Cassette tapes, cassette tapes, I almost forgot. Yes, cassette tapes. So you can throw them out, um, whatever you, or donate them. And I forgot to add for the stationary items, Oh, no, I didn't forget, but yeah, I'll mention it anyway. I was thinking of magazines, but there's a whole different um, category for that. So yes, things. And now I was mentioning, I mentioned notebooks, magazines, I mean, I mentioned magazines. So to, together, notebooks and magazines. So for notebooks... I'm a big notebook person, so I have notebooks dating college, that's a long time ago, and I always have a notebook with me, and I never throw them out, and I never throw them away, so there are notebooks for meetings when I was in corporate, whenever I attend a seminar, even for leisure, I just have notebook with me and list down things that I want to list down so I don't forget them, Just and even just when I'm alone, and I feel like I want to doodle, draw, or write anything, I have a notebook and ballpen with me. So, I have tons of notebooks collected throughout the years. And with some with sentimental writing, some with awesome learnings from seminars that I, I 
of course you take down notes of the things you want to remember so they're full of things that I want to remember what I did if you're a notebook person like me or for your other sentimental sentimental items you can take a picture of those pages or those items that you know you can't keep them or there's no use in keeping them but you just like a particular page or a particular note or a particular just the pages that you like take a photo of them and then keep those photos with you and put them under a folder so that it wouldn't be difficult for you to find them what i do is my photos you can either use a scan app a scanner app I have a CS um, photo or CS app, CS scan, <laughs> it just starts with CS, that app that uh, just OCRs or I mean converts your documents into really crisp images as if you've scanned them and it does well for photos as also for photos, for documents, it can even change it to a PDF file or save it as PDF but even without that just save the actual photo and then later on do the whole process of changing them to PDF so just photograph take a photo of the the page and what I do is I sync it with my Google Photos so it gets uploaded to cloud and the magic of it is Google Photos and I'm not sponsored by them. I wish I was. Google Photos organizes them and intelligently tags them, I guess, by using the image. And when you search, when you want to look for pages or notes that you have written, you can either search for notebook or search for notes, search for handwriting, search for those terms or any term associated with your notes or your notebooks and all of those pages will just come up in the search and you can search for them you'll have the date you'll have or even perfectly if you can just put them in one under one album or folder then that will save you a lot of trouble but if you forget to do that google photos will classify and tag those photos for you so that'll be very easy that'll make your life easier so that's what i do that's what i did and i continue to do that so for magazines same thing unless you think that you have an author um, an autograph oh, autograph magazine um signed by your whoever famous then you can keep those but you can donate them to the junk shop there is much less value for paper that isn't white if they're uh, the, the brown old type of paper but at least you've gotten rid of them you have more uh, what you call this space inside the house for something else no just more space in the house so you can breathe okay so less things inside the house A lot of people think that starting is the most difficult part or phase out of anything that you want to do. If you want to start a business, starting starting a business is the most difficult phase for some people. 
And so if you want to be a minimalist, starting to be a minimalist is the most difficult phase for some people. But I disagree with that. Maybe there are some people who are not good starters. But definitely for me, even if you're not a good starter, it's the easiest thing to do. What's more difficult is the maintenance, the how long you're able to keep up with being a minimalist and being or I mean organizing things to make sure that you have what you need and what you love or what you enjoy the things that give you happiness. So organizing after the mayhem. How do you organize after mayhem? Because we don't want to fall back. I mean, we might, but we don't want. We want to avoid that happening. So what I did was I made sure that I'll be able to see where those items are. So the ones that are left with me, because some we've already donated, some we've already given away, some we've already sold, or some we've already sent to the junk shop. So, the ones that are left, you should be able, and that's what we did. We are able to see them easily if I need something like a writing material um, or like chalk because we have chalk. Uh, let's say paper, what kind of paper, special paper, is a board paper or just the, the thin ones. Then I have those and I know where those are. And I can see them clearly. Some are in open shelves. Well, some are still inside cabinets and drawers, but at least now I know what's inside of those cabinets or drawers, exactly what's inside. Or once I open them, I know what's inside. I can see everything. So I don't stack them so that I don't have to guess what's uh, underneath the pile. So I see them all. I don't stack them. I don't, I don't have the tendency now to make sure that the drawers and cabinets are jam-packed full because sometimes that's what we do we just shove items inside and don't care to evaluate or I mean to curate or to identify which things we stacked inside them or we put inside them so don't stack and then constantly edit the items that you have in your life so that you can sustain this thing that you started so it's starting is definitely not easy not I mean not super easy but it is the easiest out of everything it's easier than sustaining the lifestyle so I encourage everyone to just try it out because starting is the easiest step and you'll feel all the I mean I promise it's so if you've immersed if you do just did the first one I, I said which is immerse yourself in videos articles and write-ups about uh, minimalism you'll you'll there's a sense of happiness or contentment or just calm about the people that are talking about it. I maybe I don't exude that my voice doesn't have that yet or the way I talk it doesn't have that yet but I have this excitement about me that I I it's just amazing once you decided to go that route to go and be a minimalist because the 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 benefits of it are just I'm not even completely a minimalist yet I'm in my journey I'm on 
I, I still have way, way, way long road to go. But I'm also reaping just the benefits of it. And maybe we'll have that, the benefits of minimalism, we'll have that in another episode. But just go ahead if you're thinking, if you are having doubts, but if you really want, if you really decided that you want to try out this being a minimalist or being more, being more, um, what you call this, intentional in the way you live, then go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Just do it. There's no other way, no ifs and buts around it. Just do it. If you are having a difficult time, you can find online resources and find a group in your area, that uh, a minimalist group on Facebook that you can draw support from, encouragement from, tips from, if you're starting to, if you will really want to be a minimalist. And there are lots. I hope in your place there are lots. While in the Philippines there are just a few active members in, in the group, but you still have a support group that's free on the internet. And yeah, and you'll have me too here in the podcast cheering for you. If you have questions, you can send me a voice message and maybe we can put that into an episode but yes happy to serve i hope you are able to learn some things in this episode and i really am excited to continue sharing my uh, learnings or even mistakes that i did oh mistakes mistakes uh speaking of mistake yes i forgot about this mistake Actually, the one mistake that I want to share is not being able to do what Marie Kondo said when she was organizing things to put everything out. Because every now and then, especially for the stationery and the office supplies, every now and then I'm still seeing office supplies uh, that are kept somewhere or doubles of some things. And uh, yeah, so I wasn't able to put everything out together in the open i was organizing per room as it turns out there are certain uh there are duplicates of office supplies in one room versus the other i mean i had two of the same item and just in different rooms so i didn't need that uh that duplication so yeah that's it hope you enjoyed see you or hear you in the next episode bye